I got to get my life together. Oh, yeah. Before that kid comes and rips it apart again. Oh, God, I'm panicking. Kids ruin everything. I'll tell you that right now. They ruin everything. But there's some good stuff, too. You know, like they can do the dishes and mow the lawn and the laundry once you get them all trained. Yeah, in 16 years. Well, you know, it's worth it after a while. It's amazing that we reached the top of the food chain and all the things babies don't know how to do. Oh, hold on. Oh, my daughter. Speaking of kids ruining everything, I got to run downstairs. She's coming home from school and she forgot her keys. All right. (laughs) Kids are fucking awesome. (laughs) If it was illegal to say stupid things into a microphone. Why must you be so stupid? These guys would be doing life without parole. Hey, everybody. We're back from prison. Why do we keep encouraging this kind of behavior? It's the Breaking the Ice podcast with Josh Dolan. You know, we could, like, go to jail for this. Along with Mike Shue and Isaiah Moskahanna Bonsa Mana Blitz Boskowitz. Whatever the hell his name is. All right, I just uh, left the door unlocked. I mean, what could happen? It's just Worcester. I know, it's just Worcester. And when you first logged in, I thought that was a Yankees hat. Oh, come on now. Worcester Brave. Worcester Bravehearts. Yeah, that's their uh, Can-Am League. It's kind of like the Cape League. And that was the baseball team in this town for a long time until the Woo Sox barged in with their big giant stadium and their state-of-the-art concession stands. I know. Like, the, they think they got money behind them or something? Whatever. It's annoying. <laughs> what uh, uh was... I just saw um, a documentary. Well, I guess not just wouldn't be the right word. It was like a year ago. It was about a minor league baseball team, and it was owned by uh, Kurt Russell. Or Kurt no, Russell, the guy who played Jack Burton in Big Trouble in Little China. The guy uh, who plays the new Santa Claus. Yes, Santa. Okay, yeah. not Tim Allen. All right, <laughs> the Santa, real Santa. Santa's your kitty's name. It's also my cat's name. Um, No, it was actually owned by Kurt Russell's dad, and Kurt Russell was on the team. Oh, was it a Portland team? Yes, the Portland. uh, Was it like the something something bastards of basketball? Yes. Um, Yeah, what is that? Jerry Callahan told me to watch that. Oh, it was so good. And I'm not like a big baseball person, and I loved it. It was like a team full of Bill Lees. Right? Yeah. And I think they like came the, close to winning the championship in their first yeah. year, and that was like their only year. Yeah, they were like the Johnstown Chiefs of baseball. Yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> Dude, were you, getting, are you getting excited for Polar Park? I'm seeing all kinds of stuff on their social media. What? Why? What? What's that? Just, just, just open Polar Park <laughs> in Worcester. Baseball? Woo Sox? Not ringing a bell. I don't know. They're fucking so high. Yeah, that's probably the problem. <laughs> It's yeah, not a it's not a problem at all, actually. We're ready. We're ready for Polar Park. Our our studios are being constructed as we speak. There are That's engineers awesome. down there putting a studio together, which I hope to broadcast at many times. Their food vendors are going to be amazing because they're Worcester. Most of them are Worcester food vendors. So, right. vendors, so you got like the Wonder Bar and Coney Island hot dogs and all these places. Wormtown Brewery is going to be in there. Wachusett's going to be, it's just, it's going to be. You tried to take me, you tried to take me to Coney Island one time. I think I crashed at your house, but they were like closed on Tuesday. Like, dude, we have to go here. And I was excited. Yeah. Like, what are you doing closed? Fuck. They, that, they've been closed on Tuesdays for 100 years. 
You oh. and you forgot that because you were oh. so fucking high. I know. I was I'm probably drinking. You know. With me? Pull, no. Polar Park looks. Polar Park looks great. I mean, I could yeah. see the lights. Like if I just drive down the street here, I can see the lights. It's That's awesome. It's awesome. So now, are they going to have concerts there? Uh, I don't know. You know, they had concerts at um, what was it, McCoy Stadium in Pawtucket? Like yep. Bob Bob Dylan played there. Wow. Really? And that was just like a few years ago. So, you know, I hope that they continue that. They're going to use it for stuff. Like, I think when all the, uh, whenever the high schools are done and the seniors graduate, they're going to use it for graduation. Oh, that's cool. Weather's nice. Yeah. (laughs) I graduated in a field. Laura graduated at the Snoo Arena, which was the Verizon Center back then. Not the Verizon. Yeah, the Verizon in uh, Manchester. Yeah. I I was just talking about that with my buddy Doc, who's up there, because the Monarchs haven't been up there in a number of years. I'm like, what are they doing with the, 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 I guess they call it the Snoo Arena? What are they Yeah, they're still there. The Monarchs are gone. No, they're not. They're playing there. Look it up. Are they playing there at the, at the Snoo? No, nothing's happening in there. That's what he, that's what I was saying. Like, what are they doing with the building? Oh, oh yeah. Not right now because the, the COVID, but right. But he said, no, he said the Monarchs themselves are also gone from that town. They tried to bring in some other lower league and it just, it failed. Oh, wow. Who were the Mm -hmm. Monarchs an affiliate of? The Kings. uh, The the LA Kings, but they, 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 the Monarchs left the AHL, but they're uh, still in that building. Yeah. They, they, they play the Railers all the time. Oh, so they're ECHL. Yes. Oh, okay. So they went to the ECHL. All right. Yeah, Manchester Monarch, ECH. So is the ECA, is that a lower, is that below AHL? Yeah, that's below AHL. That's East Coast Hockey League. That's the Railers. That's like the Lowell Spinners. Right. Ah, the Lowell Spinners. Hello, Jeff. How are you? What's up? Hey, there he is. Long time no see, Jeff. Actually, I didn't see you yesterday. I didn't talk to you. Right. We we talked. We talked. We just talked to you guys. There was no... There's no hanky panky. There was no eye contact, which means it's completely straight. Right. Listen, this is COVID. Exactly. We didn't kiss or anything, so it was just business. Yeah. Cover your eyes, everybody. <laughs> How you What's doing, up, Jeff? Jeff? Pretty good. How about you guys? All right. Doing Pretty good. good. Yeah. See, you got your maps behind you, all in a bag or something. Those That's, maps. Uh, oh no, they're candles. No, I thought they were candles. maps wait, in wait, a wait, bag. Wait. <laughs> Oh, oh. oh, you're like the Fonz. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. That's Man, witchcraft right what there. Is he, what is he in like national treasure or something, Josh? I've got the Declaration of Independence <laughs> rolled up in my bureau behind me. Yeah, that's can you do that, that, can you do that trick again. Can you do that trick again? Now, oh, this one yeah. was better. Do this part. Oh, oh he's practiced huh? that. Jeez, yeah. I gotta Pretty get it. Yeah, show's over. Thank you. Thank you. So, so la- last time we talked to you, it was about haunted stuff, and now uh, Mike informed me. So, I did my homework. Uh, this uh, the call of Kilimanjaro. You climbed that mountain, yes, I did. Wow, that, yeah, I wrote a book about it. That's no, <laughs> I don't know if you heard. No, <laughs> you heard. I was just gonna say, you should write a book about that. You know, that's a damn good idea, <laughs> and then you should go around and talk to people about it. Yeah. You guys are geniuses. Like, well, you know, we try. You are amazing. Uh, <laughs> what was the uh, what was the uh, what from what I were? You, I want to hear from you though. What was the premise behind the book? Why did you Why did you go there? Why did you write the book? What, give us the background on this. Yeah. The Call of Kilimanjaro. So, 
it's one of those places that I've been thinking about a long time. You know, I mean, ever since Toto's song, Africa, I mean, I'll be honest, right? Like <laughs> Kilimanjaro is mentioned in there way back in the eighties. And uh, please, please don't say that was why you climbed the mountain. Oh nope. my God. Okay. No. All right. Good. All right. No, no, no. Did you listen to it while you were climbing? I, I did listen to it on the mountain. I did. I had to, I had to. That's like, a how, bucket list item. Yeah. How could you not do that? I mean, right. I don't have superpowers. Right. So, uh, so yeah, so, I mean, I was a hiker in college. I, a amateur hiker still like to do the white mountains in New Hampshire and stuff like that. And, um, even took Swahili in college, which is the language of East Africa, which oh, wow. is, yeah. Matata. you know, Akuna, and that's, yeah. you know, uh, we had talked previously and I was like, well, what college offers Swahili and why would you even want to take that? You know, it's like, I don't, I mean, am I just being ignorant or is there a huge like Swahili speaking community where you live or, or where you were growing up or anything? It was just like, Hey, Swahili, that's what Uhuru spoke in Star Trek. So that's right. And Uhuru is a Swahili word that means freedom. That's right. Yeah. There you go. So, yeah. uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, so my last name, Belanger, you guys being hockey fans, know that just north it would be Belanger, right uh just yeah. and so um i took french one in college and i failed because the teacher was evil and she's like you should be fluent and i was like <laughs> i'm like you're lucky i'm here but it's like, french I, it's like I, speak it's like chinese <laughs> my, my great grandparents changed the name from Belanger to belanger maybe even before that i don't know like right break. right Right. You know, like we've been here for generations so long it's not even Belanger anymore so right. uh, she failed me and uh, so I took Spanish and I barely passed that. And a friend was like, take Swahili. The professor's amazing. And you won't confuse it with French or Spanish. She was right. <laughs> no kidding, right? Was right. And you use it every day. Every right? day. Every day that I watch Lion King with my daughter, I've right. used Swahili. <laughs> <laughs> Hakuna Matata, my friends. Rafiki. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, like half the characters in that movie, that's all Swahili words. So right. it's just, it's one of those things, like it just kept coming up and I wanted to do it. Like, you know, it's, it's uh, the tallest mountain in Africa. It's one of the seven summits and you don't need technical climbing to do it. So it's not like hanging from ropes and hammering in, you know, spikes and stuff like that. It's, it's, if you can walk up Mount Washington, if you can walk up Mount Monadnock, you can walk up Kilimanjaro. It's just, I have a feeling that's not really the case. <laughs> like if I walk up Mount Monadnock, you know, and I get like a cooler with some beers in it and stuff, I don't think I can just park at the parking area and just walk up Kilimanjaro. I mean, that's what, 20,000 feet? 19,341, but who's counting? Not really. I mean, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. But when you do get to the top, how's the gift shop? Do you have a bumper yeah. sticker that says you? <laughs> yeah, this car climbed Kilimanjaro. I didn't see a single one. <laughs> Don't put that on your car. Don't. You got if you're if you're watching this, you got to go to jeffbelanger.com. There's all kinds of pictures. You're exactly right. There it is, nineteen thousand three forty one. There's great pictures on this site of you at the top, which is pretty cool. How long did that take? So six days to get to the top. Two days oh. to get back down. Um, and, and you, we got to, you roll down the hill faster. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty easy. Once you get momentum. Um, yeah, there's, so there's like four different ways to get up, but only one way down. And so if people are injured or whatever, they don't, they don't want traffic going two ways. A lot of people do this. I mean, it's not like, you know, it's, it's not just a few of us. I mean, I think it's somewhere between 15 and 20,000 people a year on average, not COVID years, uh, attempt it. That so, just convinced uh, me not to go. The last time, <laughs> last time I hiked a mountain, <clears throat> Mount Monadnock, there was a line to get yeah. to the top of the mountain. I was like, I, I came here to go away from people in the woods, and I'm standing in line. 
<laughs> you know what's crazy about Monadnock, which is just on the southern part of New Hampshire? It's a great mountain. It's the second most climbed mountain in the world. It was in that the world. Day. In the <laughs> really? world. In the world. Number one is uh, Fuji in Japan. Wow. So, how do you go from Fuji to Monadnock? Uh, I've climbed Fuji, actually. Have you really? Well, okay, let, I, I went halfway. Uh, but still, it was really nice. You weren't even there. No, I actually, was, I he was just there. bought Fuji water at. Right, price chopper. Super told me it was Mount Fuji. I was like, "Well, I didn't know that was in Vermont, but cool." (laughs) Right, Uh, makes sense. (laughs) Wow, I can't believe that that many people attempt something like that a year. It just seems like that's to me. See, it's so far removed from from like my life, like what I could possibly, what like I think it is. Like to me, that's like going into space. Right, five people get to do it, you know, in a decade or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, but it's one of those things. Like, I mean, I get, it doesn't call to every person, but also, I mean, I'm in, I was in my forties, like I'm still in my forties and life sort of gets to be a rut. I, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I have a cool job. Uh, it's not yeah, like yeah. I'm working on an assembly line. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, but hi. Uh, there's someone in camera there. That's Sorry, uh, That's my daughter. My daughter <laughs> loves to, every, every time we're on, she just loves to jump right in. She just, yeah. she just went back to school today, like physically went back to school. So. Oh, She's good. Happy. Yeah. Yeah. No, my, mine goes back in like two weeks, I guess, three weeks. Yeah. It's coming okay. up soon. So yeah. yeah, now we're all, we're all thrilled. And but Josh's yeah. arrives in May. Yeah. Wow. So she goes back to school in five years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're hoping by then COVID is under control. Thank we're you. hoping anything's possible. Dream big guys. Dream big. <laughs> right. Right. So you're, you're saying that climbing Kilimanjaro one of the what is what did you call it one of the seven peaks right Those so, the- yeah there's the tallest tallest mountain on each continent that's africa yep okay so that's like walking up mount Monadnock. well times you know, it's a lot taller of course oh, but right. <laughs> you know plus, plus five and a half more days yeah right <laughs> kind of like that uh but at the same time like i don't know it's just a test of endurance and you can always build up endurance in anything you know i mean uh any form of punishment you can get used to it right so you know why why um why did you so was this like a bucket list thing you said or why did you choose kilimanjaro yeah so there's i know in the book there's a couple of reasons why yeah so the big one so the reason now the reason that 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 moment that i chose to do it was uh just a couple years earlier i had lost my brother-in-law to cancer and he was 44 when he is, he was diagnosed and it came out of nowhere. Like he was just having some health problems and, uh, he got some tests, some more tests. And the doctor calls him one day, 44 years old and says, get down here right now. Don't make an appointment. Don't wait for your work day to end. Just come here this minute. And mm. when he gets there, the doctor tells him you've got tumors stage four metastasized everywhere. You've got 18 to 24 months to live. Wow. And we were just like, what, you know, his, my nephew was three years old uh, at the time. And, and suddenly you're just like, I mean, this is a death sentence that, you know, yeah. chemo and radiation might get you to the end of that two years, but that's about it. Like you don't expect to be cured. And he, I mean, he went into a depression and he and I got a lot closer because of my weird paranormal job working in death and ghosts and all that other stuff. Cool. Not weird. Well, it's uh, weird too, but like, you know, and weird. I mean, that's pretty weird, man. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> yep. So he and I got a lot closer because he could talk about death and dying with me. And I was far enough removed. And my sister kind of checked out at this point. Like she was like, what do I do about my son? We're going to fight this thing. It's going to be okay. And so she was sort of in denial, but he could talk to me and we got really close. 
And by the time he was in his final days, you know, I mean, he was having these out of body experiences that he couldn't talk about with anyone else but me. And he was seeing things. He was just having these profound experiences. And, and it was really, it was an incredible conversation that I had with him on the very last day, just three hours. We talked about how he saw his cat from childhood when he was out of his body and he didn't like the cat, but he, he saw his grandma, you know, and he was close with grandma, just these big, big experiences. And, uh, and when he died, like you, when you lose someone close to you like that, when you lose family, you can't help but sort of feel your own mortality and be like, man, life's short. Like I think I'm in my midlife in my forties. I think, I hope, but he thought that too. And, uh, and so just like six, seven months later, I was doing an event and a friend from the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society said, Hey, we got a big fundraiser coming up, Jeff, you want to get involved? And I was like, Oh, help if I can. I've, I mean, I've done stuff for them before. She's like, we're going to climb Kilimanjaro. And I was just like, raise money for cancer research, cross a big item off my bucket list at a time in my life. I'm just a couple of years younger than Chris was my brother-in-law when, when he was diagnosed. And I was just like, I didn't, I didn't even know how to say no to that. I'm just like, yep, this is, yeah. this is happening. And this like, is happening hey, right now. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, so a portion it. of the proceeds from this book go to the leukemia and lymphoma society, correct? Yeah. So when I was raising money for them, my goal was $19,341 a foot, a dollar for every foot. And um, yep. I made it just North of 17,000. Nice. And so I feel like that was the last bit of unfinished business is to, is to still hit that goal. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to donate a portion of the proceeds and at least till I get there. Um, and, and I'm sure beyond we'll see, you never know. Sometimes books, you, you hope that they're going to sell millions of copies, but, uh, <laughs> and I'm not rich yet. And I've written like 16 of them, which must mean I'm just a glutton for punishment. Now, this is the 16th book. This is my 16th book. Yeah. And that, that's it. Lucky 16. And, and you're on this podcast. So at least you'll get one sale from this at least. Yeah. At least one. Thank you, Josh. Where, where are you getting lucky 16 from? Is that I'm making name? shit up? Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. Fair. All right. Fair. I, like, I, was like, I want him to feel good about it. I want it to go over it. And Josh is now going to buy two books. And so are you. So shut exactly. Up. Dude climbed a mountain. Okay. How can he not feel good about himself? He I know, I know. I'm pretty oh, good about myself. It, 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 I'll tell you what, man, if you're ever feeling down about yourself, there's nothing like, like, you know, when your boss is chewing you out, you're like, well, I climbed Kilimanjaro. I don't know. Right? <laughs> but then he I'm says, can you spell Kilimanjaro? <laughs> yeah. Don't get tricky. <laughs> That's a tough one. So yeah. um, how long did you have to train before going over there and like what kind of things did you have to do is it just a matter of climbing smaller mountains kind of like running road races before you do a marathon pretty much yeah so it was about six or seven months and we were put together with uh five there are five of us from new england none of us knew each other all all for leukemia lymphoma society we had a coach sherpa tom who uh took us like just you got to hike and you got to have a pack on and you got to have carry weight and so i mean even the blue hills of boston we would we would do you know five six miles on, on the blue hills on the weekend we would do uh, the white mountains and i'd never really hiked in the winter so that was a new experience is learning how to layer up because on kilimanjaro the bottom, we're just below the equator. So it's always summer at the base, but then you get above the tree line at like 10,000 feet and it's like fall or early spring. And then wow. you get to the top, there's, there's literally glaciers up there. It's an Arctic tundra. So you need like all four seasons are, are in the span of six days. And this is where coming from New England just comes in handy. Cause like we can right. do four seasons in like on a Tuesday, right? right. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> we got that, you know? Yeah, like yesterday, it was 20 degrees in the morning and then 50 in the afternoon. And Right. Yeah, I think it snowed too. 
yeah, that's, that's, yeah, there it is. I'm like, I've been preparing for this my whole life. Right. So I got that part. So yeah, you just, you hike, you hike a lot and you learn, uh, you know, got to learn stuff. Like, um, you know, when, when you bundle up your layers, you know, you don't want to be warm when you start because you want to be a little bit cold. Cause once you start moving, you're going to start sweating mm -hmm. and sweat is bad. You lose a lot of moisture because it's dry when it's cold. And so just stuff that you have to have to learn along the way. And, um, and so by the time we got there, I, I had got past that learning curve, but the other part was we had to camp on, on this, you know, there was a camp in a tent, like camping in a tent, Yeah. which uh, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> you hate camping. I really I hate camping. Who likes to sleep on the ground? You know. No. Yeah. And, and that's another thing too. I'm like, am I that soft, you know, like at this age? <laughs> Uh, and yes, yes, I am. And uh, <laughs> you're not soft. It's just we invented the house. So right, right. and the bed, the right. bed was, you know, and pillows and thermometers that turn the heat up. I mean, cut the shit. Yeah, no, I and so I, I get there the first night in the in the they had suggested that we had like this national coach that said you should try camping out in your backyard if you're not used to it. And I'm like, no way, that would kill me. Like if I'm in my my a tent and a sleeping bag and my nice bed is like 20 right. feet away. Yeah. Oh. Heck no. No, I'm going to wait till this is the best option I have. Right. And, and I don't regret it. But at the same time, I remember unrolling this self-inflating sleeping pad, which was like one inch thick when it's inflated. Right. And I'm looking at that like, how are you going to keep 195 pounds of me off the dirt ground? <laughs> Kilimanjaro. And, and that night when I got into my sleeping bag, uh, really great sleeping bag, my sister gave it to me for Christmas, zero degree rated. It's like a parka around everything but your face. It was awesome. You're swaddled. Uh, so I, yeah, totally. So I lay down that night and I'm like, yeah, this thing isn't doing squat, right? Like it's not keeping any part of me off the ground. I don't even know if it matters that it's there. <laughs> and, uh, and sleeping on the ground just sucks. Straight up sucks. <laughs> now is there like marked areas along the way that you can sleep or are you just like you know what i'm done walking so i'm just gonna set up right here yeah no there, there were camps we had to make it to each day um wait we, we record these right for youtube too right yes oh, oh yeah let's screen share oh yes i forgot do to it, make you a co-host yeah. hold on yes some okay, really great pictures in the book too yeah, and no, I'll be happy to just show you. It's just it's it's such a visual experience. So that's the other thing. I've been such a goal-oriented guy that uh, I, I I bought a good camera before I went there because I was like, look, I want to get better about uh, smelling the roses along the way and appreciating right. the journey. Because like I've done Mount Washington. I remember one time I had a conference and I got up there really early and I just I bolted up the hill and like three hours up and two hours down and I I mean I could hardly walk for two days after that. Right. And, uh, you know, it was, um, all right. I think I just made you a co-host. You did. You did. It was so, uh, it was rough. So, um, when we get to these, we get to the camps, like, so this is the very first one, this is called MT Makubwa. And, um, it's, it's, it's just, you know, the, the, there's the destinations each day. And these are our, these are our camps. This is, it's just a tent two that's to a tent. That's it. <laughs> there it so, is. That's home. That's, that's home. Cool. That's home. What's yeah. The, what, is the, what is the coldest at the top? So uh, I would guess, I mean, I didn't have a, an accurate reading, but I mean, I've been in zero degrees in New Hampshire in June. I mean, in, uh, in June, in January and February. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and I would say with the wind chill, we were at least at 20 or 30 below uh, on, the, on the night we went for the summit. Yeah. Because um, it was, I mean, I was just, that was as cold as I've ever been. 
Um, plus, I wasn't getting enough oxygen, which actually added, added quite a bit to the experience. Um, so, yeah. But yeah, that's what were, a camp were looks there, like. Um, were there other groups besides yours that were going up also? Like, did you have to kind of wait for them to go? and Or did you all just kind of go up at the same time? So we took the Lamoshi route, which is the longest way. You come up the western side of the mountain, and then you kind of circumvent below the summit and then make for the summit up from the east. And so for the first, like, four or five days, we didn't see any other groups. It was just our group. Once we got closer to the summit, then at the camp, there would be like two groups or, or three groups. Oh, okay. And on the night of the summit, I think there were three different groups going for the summit. And we just kind of spaced out about uh, 45 minutes each. So the first group, we were, I think we were the last. We were the, the last one uh, to go up. And it was wild because it's so pitch dark. And all you have are headlamps at that point. So you see this like little centipede of light way ahead of you and that's that's another group and then you're your own little centipede of light and that's our group and um so yeah it's not like you had to wait in line like at monadnock or even yeah. everest for that matter <laughs> right but um but yeah it's it's uh you know it, there, there was room there was room for all of us for sure it wasn't crowded wow now, was there any like um like animals that you had to watch out for or like the whole time i'm thinking like snakes like i don't know what kind of snakes africa has but that would yeah just be a big reason why i wouldn't go and the people but the i thought about snakes yeah but so as we were only down in the rainforest we're walking along and we're, we're getting you know through this the very easy part of the trail on the first day and one of our guides is like oh look up ahead and we look in the tree and there's monkeys right we see these monkeys there's blue monkeys and there's this white colobus monkey which looks like a skunk right oh big white God. tail yeah. black body and and like they're all over these trees and I had to remind myself, I mean, I've seen monkeys in zoos, but this is their world, right? <laughs> right. We're in their yard now. Yeah. This, they're looking at us like, right. look at them. And uh, I'm like, if they want to jump on our face and literally tear it off, they yeah. can. There's nothing is stopping you. because Their you're, prerogative, yeah. You're in their also, house now. Yeah. Also, yeah. those animals can probably undo zippers. So yeah. <laughs> at our first camp, we, we were there and these guys are swing are singing in Swahili. It was amazing. And at one point we see one of these, these black and white monkeys uh, trotting into camp and all of us Americans are like, look how cute. And, and the, the guides already know, and they're sprinting for the thing. And he takes a whole loaf of bread, like, like wonder bread <laughs> and just trots into the woods. Just like, thank you. You know, like just, and it's too late. It's right gone out here. Dummy. Thanks a lot. Whole loaf of bread into the into the woods, and it was gone forever. I thought you were gonna say the monkey started singing in Swahili too, and I was gonna be like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> well, after we ate the mushrooms, they did all kinds of things. <laughs> oh my god! Right? Yes. Yes. Like, Whoa. You forgot to mention that. Oh, is that in the, is that in the open cover? I climbed this mountain on mushrooms. You should have. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> we left it out in the edit. Good. 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 You've got to. Uh, if you're watching funny. this, you got to. Uh, you got to go to jeffbelanger.com. It's the call of Kilimanjaro finding hope above the clouds really cool picture these are really cool pictures yeah, yeah. no it, it was um you know th that was such a part of the experience for me and and i'm not i don't consider myself a shutterbug but when you're in a place that beautiful i mean everything every you know everything is just this majestic wow. sight you know like you're you're above the clouds the clouds yeah. are below you pretty Amazing. much most of the time um and so these sunrises and these sunsets are just you know take your breath away um you know, the, the, the cloud moves just a little bit and the sun hits the peak and you're like, oh, look at that. And and there's nothing to do all day. I mean, there's no cell signals. There's no, you know, Wi-Fi, no nothing. It's just walk and eat and get to the next camp. Wait, you're not up on Kilimanjaro watching Netflix? 
No, not a not a Netflix to be had. It was uh, weird. Just uh, yeah, it, you just get broken down to like, it, you know, I, I was thinking about zombie shows, zombie shows and movies, right? Like, I love them. And I think one of the reasons they resonate with people is because life is so simple. When it's right. the zombie apocalypse, you find shelter, eat, right. defend yourself, right. sleep, survive till tomorrow. No yep. and, Yeah. You know. There's no meetings. There's no yeah. Zooms. It's, it's kind of like, fun. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it, it sort of felt like broken down into this really simple life of, of just get up and get to the next camp and, and walk and, and do what humans do. It was really, it was the, the best part was like getting so unplugged and realizing after a few days, like not worrying so much about like what work I'm missing or emails or voicemails or any of that stuff. Just like, eh, it'll be there and, right. and when I get back. Yeah. I got to survive this. Right. <laughs> right. right. I'm trying not to die today. Yeah. Right. Right. So now, see, like pictures like oh this, God, I feel like this. This is like what I need. Like I would love to go on a hike like this. Me and my wife, when we first started dating, she she was a huge hiker. We would go on hikes all the time, and then after like the third mountain, like Mount Major, Mount Cardigan, all those New Hampshire ones. And then after a while, I was like, I kind of don't want to do this anymore because it's just the same view and I'm exhausted. <laughs> and I'm, I'm more of an ocean person, yeah. but like these views, it's not like getting to the top of Ma Mount uh, Wachusett and being like, oh, look, there's Lemonster. Right. It's just <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Look at that. You're above the clouds. That's amazing, that view. That's an actual view. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, you know, you just get up there. And the other thing, too, is, you know, when you get to like 12,000, 13,000 feet, there's no animals at all. You don't have to worry about bugs or anything. They're not up there. There's nothing right. for them. But wow. like I saw these little pink flowers that just survived in this really harsh environment. And you're thinking like, man, it takes grit to be up here. It takes grit to survive here. And then I started thinking about myself. I'm like, wait, it takes grit for me to be here. Grit that <laughs> I haven't no, you know, like when you're 20, and you're just trying to struggle to like pay your rent and find a job and sleep on a friend's couch. Like, you know, you've got grit you need it. You need it to get established. But then by your forties, you're, you know, everything's comfortable. The friends that annoy you, you've mostly pushed them away, hopefully, uh, or you started a podcast with them, whatever, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then you know, it's just, you, your life's so comfortable and, and it's, it's, it's a rut and you got to shake things up. And I was like, man, I'm up here the top of Africa and, and I still have that grit. And that was, that was pretty rewarding yeah. to sort of discover that. Meanwhile, over here, I'm like putting peanut butter on chocolate chip cookies for breakfast. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's kind of like, yeah. That, that in and of itself is great. If you think about it, Mike, that's great. Well, right. yeah, I guess it's gritty. Yeah. Gritty. Well, definitely. If you do it without water, what did you eat up there? We ate pretty well. Um, so our, our, we had, uh, we had a whole army of people, uh, literally 48 people. Oh my God. That's oh, wow. All. Yeah. That's the whole group, uh, 48 guides, porters, like that carried the tents, the food, a lot of rice, a lot of pasta, um, soups, a lot of plantains, which are, they, they eat them green over there. So when you right. cut them up, it tastes exactly like a potato. Like I, Ooh. I couldn't tell the difference between a, a very green plantain and a potato. A so potato uh, flavored banana. That's yeah, <laughs> right. Much. And, um, you know, they, we had chicken. They like to cook their chicken well done over there. So it's almost like jerky, um, oh, no. which I got a taste for it. I'm like, you know, every now and then I'll throw a piece on the grill and just leave it, you know, and be like, <laughs> all right, African chickens. So, I do that uh, too, right. but I, that's called forgetting. <laughs> yeah. My wife's yeah. like, is something on the grill? I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so that's, so yeah it was just true. so cool you know and, and these guys would like sing in swahili and you'd, you'd hear the words and and uh and i got to use it again which was really cool um you guys you want you should learn a little swahili are you ready for this do it do it Let's so go. okay so i mean uh hujambo is the formal hello hakuna matata you already know from lion king which means oh, no worries that's actually swahili it really is legitimately something they were just making up for the movie nope that's swahili <laughs> wow holy uh, shit. the lion Ruff king is real man come it's on total simba simba means lion cartoon. in I mean, swahili right like uh pole um, pole means slow pole 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 pole, pole. pole. but uh <clears throat> so so the word taco right so we were there and they're like you know taco like you eat a taco uh in swahili spelled with a k it means your butt which we thought was just the funniest thing ever, like when you fall on your taco. But then there's one other one other Swahili word you guys must know. Um, have you ever been to a Jamba Juice? Yes. Or, yeah. Oh God, don't don't tell me Jamba means pee. No, it does oh, okay. not mean pee All in right. Swahili. It doesn't. Good news. Okay, good. It means fart. No. Oh, oh wow. Oh my God, fart juice. Fart juice. Fart juice. Oh. Jamba juice. It's so like. <laughs> So, Why didn't anybody figure this out yet? They're a chain. <laughs> it, and the funny thing is, like, a lot of people speak Swahili. It's not like some obscure. I mean, there's millions and millions that speak it, and they those folks travel. So, uh, yeah, they were telling us, you know, when when our friends from Tanzania come to the United States and they see Jamba Juice in the airport, they're like, "No, thank you. No, Fart thank you." Juice. Fart wow. juice. That's yeah. hilarious. That's like that was the, done like, on purpose. <laughs> it's like those places in like japan or like you see like the title of something and you're like what it fart juice and then we're over here like let's go to jamba juice what idiots why yeah. why would they oh my god <laughs> i don't know someone didn't ask yeah so yeah nobody screened that one yeah yeah, yeah. so that wow. one that one slipped through so yeah it was it was just uh so the food was pretty good uh bodily functions that was tricky yeah, yeah i was gonna ask i was gonna be that guy to ask that did yeah. you have to dig a hole and you know, and then especially when it got cold out, I mean, what were you doing then? Hi, I'm Chris, owner of Garage Doors Plus. We specialize in custom garage doors, sales service, and installation. So whatever you may be looking for, we can help. Financing is available, so if it's time to give your garage and home a lift, call us at Garage Doors Plus, 617-458-1148. You can also find us at gdplus.com. That's gdplus.com. Garage Doors Plus. We open doors when you can't. Yeah, so <laughs> in the beginning, when there's trees and stuff, it's pretty easy to find some privacy to do whatever you got to do. Yeah. Um, once you get further up, uh, it, it gets tricky because like, there's, there's no more trees. There's nothing to hide behind except the occasional boulder. And, um, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, you do what you got to do. If you got you to dig a hole, if you got to go number two, if you pee, you just pee. Um, one of the girls in our group, uh, the women all had shiwis. You heard of shiwis? It's a, no. it's a funnel. So women can. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I actually, yeah. Is it, is it like a, um, is it kind of like a laminated, uh, plastic kind of cardboard thing that you fold? It's like a little gutter you put in the front of the, uh, the hoo hoo. That's the one. Or it's also called it's a go girl. For vagina, by the way. Yes. Yeah. In front of the hoo hoo. Yeah. That wow. is Swahili for, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is yeah, where so, we are jeff this is where we are yeah well so one of the girls from the california group uh that was there she's like oh no i think my shiwi malfunctioned it's a funnel like it can't malfunction it funnels you pee through it. it yeah and she's like i just spilled you know pee in my underwear and oh, okay like a you malfunctioned the funnel's yeah, fine just 
took it off and let it dry on her backpack and you got to keep going because that's just how it goes but is that uh, you behind a rock taking a dump is that what's happening that's that's uh that's the girl from california who peed in her underwear well spilled the shiwi in her underwear is i that, love how she's announcing it too she's like oh, i screwed this up is yeah that the shiwi the green the shiwi shiwi mal- malfunction yeah for sure is, shiwi that, malfunction. Is, is that green thing in her hand the shiwi that's her underwear okay okay <laughs> huge you know, that's like, that's just basically a, a urinal. You no, know? that's, uh, that's her underwear. Yeah. So yeah, it was, you know, but it, it, the pride's gone. There's no pride, you know, yeah. when At you're up there. At this point, you're like, screw it, let's go. Yeah. You, you just, I'd, I'd be like, hey, shoot, <laughs> lean against my back and we'll just kind of like use gravity and both take a dump at the same time. It's cool. Yeah, whatever works. <laughs> right? right. Yeah. yeah that sounds like some kind of hazing thing. <laughs> you know, it's weird on your website, jeffbelanger.com. I don't see a picture of you doing that with any of those people. You left no. that up. Well, you know, we, I haven't made an update yet. <laughs> Come on, this book dropped March 9th. It's the, you know, it, you have time to put these up on the site. Let's go. Right. Yeah, I was, I was thinking of saving it for the sequel, but you guys, you might be onto something. Maybe I like the uh, paperback edition. Maybe you yeah. open it in a paperback. <laughs> I found toilet right. paper. Once Four this two. is made into a movie, it'll be in the movie. Yes. Yeah. That's cool. yeah. Go to uh, jeffbelanger.com. You can buy the book, The Call of Kilimanjaro, Finding Hope Above the Clouds is cool. Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble, do they still have actual locations? Oh, they yeah. Do. yeah. They do. Okay. Have Not one only that, I don't mean to brag, but I went to my local Barnes and Noble. And what you do is, like, if you're an author, you can, like, sign the books they have and they put a sticker on it that says autographed Ooh, copy. Fancy. The hope, the hope is, like, it'll sell better. And, and if you're walking by, it's worth going in. It also makes you feel a little bit like a big shot, unless... <laughs> Unless your book is, is shelved where my book is shelved. I walked in and I said, hey, I'm looking for this book. I didn't announce that I was the guy yet. And they said, oh, it's over here. I mean, literally at, at your shoelace level at this, <laughs> you know, like in the corner. Way, way in the corner. And, and so like, I almost wanted to get down on my, I, you'd have to like crawl, like, like you're in the army, you know, like on your belly. <laughs> and, and there it is, right? All right. Like, whenever yeah. you whenever you, your ego starts to get the better of you sometimes you just got to go to the bookstore and see your book see where it's shelved and go but right. isn't that like a whole thing too like the the placement of i was talking to one of my comedian friends that had written a book and they were like i'm never doing it again like it was such a headache like just getting it published and proofreading and <laughs> and then like just getting it in the stores like you have to like pay to have it placed in a certain place and to have like one copy propped up and like i i was like i just thought they'd put the new ones out front no, <laughs> no that, gotta, that's all that stuff's paid for so uh now physical bookstores aren't what they used to be um when i first started writing books yeah your publisher will pay for like to have you on a on a uh, like the halloween display or those end caps where they're all facing out like your publisher pays for all that stuff. Everything is, is at a premium. Um, you know, unless you're like Stephen King or whatever, where you have a new book and everybody wants it. So they, right. they put it front and center. The rest of us got to just kind of hustle. And, um, and it is, it's a hustle. But at the same time, like, I don't know, with, with a book like this, it's just, it's something you just sort of believe in and you feel like it'll pay off down the road. Um, so I've been doing a lot of talks, a lot of virtual talks on it. I, I thought was to be in person by now, but what are you going to do? And, um, <laughs> it's, but at the same time, it's just, it's like, it's this story that I believe in that it's kind of like, I can't stress enough how I'm not some guru. I'm not some mountaineer, you know, like I just got myself in enough shape to do this. And I don't think it's that superhuman at all. I really think any one of you guys could absolutely do this. If, if it called to you, if you wanted to, uh. right. 
you could do it. And that's, and that's the lesson, right? The lesson is that mountains get in our way sometimes through no fault of our own. And, and we got to deal with them, like what, whether it's finding a new job or, you know, uh, getting over the death of a loved one or, or whatever breakups. Uh, and then sometimes there's mountains that you really should put in your own way just to make sure you still got it, that you can still climb them. And if it's a literal mountain, great. I mean, how nice is that? Cause you know what you got to do, but whatever that thing is like, that's, that's the thing. We got to challenge ourselves in the middle of our lives here to, to remind ourselves, we still have grit. We still have that, that, you know, that, that thing we need inside to, to, to make great things happen. To face down a monkey over a loaf of bread. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Just to say, hey, there, get your <laughs> damn dirty paws off my bread, you ape. You di- I just messed To fight it. Fight what? Him, going over some pepperage farms. <laughs> right. But it's like, it's so, but, you know, let's talk about the last, because it's always the last, what, like half mile or whatever. Yeah, the last push. That's climbing. Everyone talks about that last part of Everest when it's only like what, like three miles or something like that, and it's like the it takes forever and it's the hardest thing. Like, what was what was like the hardest part? What was the part that made you almost just say, "Fuck this, I'm (laughs) home." So when we got to the last, this this picture here for those who are watching is the uh, this is Barafu Base Camp. That's fifteen thousand feet. And that's the last stop before you go for the summit. And wow. we, we got here on, on the morning and, um, and then ate some lunch. We're going to eat dinner at like four and get to bed by like four 30. Cause we have to wake up at 11 PM uh, to, to start for the summit to at midnight to get to the summit. For, it's going to take eight hours to go the last three miles, eight hours. And then eight you got to get down three miles in eight, eight hours. Wow. That's that's slow going. Um, so at, at this, at 15,000 feet, Standing perfectly still and relaxed, you can sort of catch your breath, but just walking 10 feet, uh, it's it, the analogy I like to use is, you know, those little coffee stirs at the diner that are straws, the thin, yep. skinny ones, breathe through just that and then try to go for a jog breathing with just that and, and trying to get enough air. It's just, you just can't oh, get enough. I, I was he, reading the warnings about this mountain. It said, if you have any lung tr- trouble, like to not do it. And I, I have a lung that collapses, so I can't go. Well, Josh, uh, Jeff has asthma, and he did it. Work through it, Alex. (laughs) Walk it up. You know, just because I'm your one lung belly and climb Kilimanjaro. Let's do the podcast from the top of that mountain. Right. Let's do that. I would do that. I mean, why don't we? Why don't we? I think we should really start with Mount Shakora first. You know, something small, something walkable. Maybe work our way to Mount Washington before we go jump up this thing. Holy shit! Hey, how about the Copper Top Lounge at Wachusett Mountain? Let's just go there. Yes. Yes. We'll take the lift up to the top. No, I I appreciate keep keep me in check. We'll start there. Yeah. (laughs) Solid idea. (laughs) Solid idea. So so yeah. So at night, you know, when when we wake up, um, you know, we step out of the tent. And I mean, that's the city of Moshi and that's from where we're standing. It looks like from an airplane, you know, and, and it's cold. It is really, really cold, frigid. Yeah. And I've got my layers on and I know what to do. Uh, and all we have are like these headlamps. That's the only, th- and so you just, you can only see like this three or four foot glowing tan dirt around your feet hmm. and you just start, right? It's just, it's slow going one step at a time. Um, but the difference between 15 and 16,000 feet is exponentially different than say eight to 9,000 feet. Like wow. it gets harder and harder. I mean, it's very clear. The oxygen molecules are below you and, uh, around 3.00 AM, you know, it's just so dark and so cold and I, I feel drunk, but not the fun drunk, just like completely not coordinated, you know, <laughs> right. just 
Like at one point I dropped the glove just to my foot and I bent over to pick it up and I stand back up and I was just like, I don't know if I can keep going. That just took everything out of me. Just I'm breathing as deep as I can. And I had a balaclava, which, you know, covers everything but your eyes. And, and I, I was warm, but then to get enough, I couldn't get enough air through the fabric. So I'd have to pull it down to breathe and then put it back up to be warm. And about 3 a.m., I mean, it was just like as dark and cold as uh, as I've ever been. Um, but it was like, you know, at, at some point, like the 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 inner dialogue in my head just sort of stopped. And that scared me because I've never had that stop in my life. You know, like <laughs> this doesn't sound even fun. the voices in your head are tired. Yeah, they were just like, uh, we're, ch- we're checking out for right now. And I'm like, I've heard those voices for my whole life. And now they're quiet. What's going on? <laughs> And, uh, and just, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, we pass plaques where people have died. There's yeah. markers, you know, this in memory of, yeah, like, I don't want one of those. Thank you. I'll pass. I'm, uh, I'm not gonna. Yeah. Know. So you, you, it's, it's, a, it's, it's sobering and you're like, all right, people die up here from this altitude. Do you see any frozen bodies? Just people mid step. <laughs> no, I hope they clean those up. <laughs> they do. They do. Uh, on Everest, you stay Everest, you die, you stay there forever. But, uh, on Kilimanjaro, they, they bring you down and you get a proper burial and then you get a plaque. You get a plaque. If your friends come and leave something out of it. I like the, uh, if you go to, uh, if you go, go to jeffbelanger.com, you go to his Facebook page. I love the picture that's got the, the, um, the book superimposed, but that's like from way, way down at the bottom, way across like the land at the beginning of like a river. How is, is, is that like kind of like a, here I am. And that's where we're going. That's a great shot. It's your, it's your cover cover shot of, uh, on your Facebook page. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much it. That was uh, maybe the second or third day. Like everything was just such an incredible view, you know, when you, right. when you see this stuff, but that's um, so badass Cause you're like so far away and you're like, all right, fuck it. We're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> there was no choice. There's no, right. right? I mean, that's, well, that's... I feel like at that point you could be like, you know, I can turn here now. <laughs> I, I can stop here. And you start getting up above the clouds and you're like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm basically shitting in a hole in the ground and this is what we're doing yeah and if you fall you're oh. probably not getting up no. i mean if you had trouble lifting lifting you your couldn't pick a glove up around if you like because and it's dark and there's nothing but rocks up there i mean look at this picture you got up there with the plaque that guy probably tripped on one of those rocks and he just never got up oh my god that, it's, uh it turned actually this guy was struck by lightning i learned later oh, oh my god you make yeah. it this sounds like a blast yeah uh, oh my god <laughs> so glad you did this and we can live through you jeff right. we really appreciate I'll just, that i'll just read the book yeah well there you go, there you go. <laughs> josh you mentioned mount major we can stick to that level of kind yeah. of a light walk in the summer yeah. well so what, what, what year was this again this was 2017 okay, okay. so because i know i know somebody is going to comment on social media with the, the pictures of the groups and someone's going to say, good job, social distancing. Oh, yeah, no, this is, yeah. yeah this is before. I am fucking, oh, I good am job over, wearing your mask. I am, and, and how many people now when they post pictures, it's like they have to write, this picture was taken pre-COVID. Cut yeah. the shit. <laughs> Jesus yeah, yeah, yeah. Christ. No, that's, that's how it is. I don't man. even think COVID would want to go up there. No, no. there's no COVID at, at 15,000 yeah. feet. No. I mean, Actually, the guy no that got oxygen. struck by lightning, COVID death. Yeah. Oh, see, he's <laughs> just making the numbers go up. Yeah, that's, so Jeff, that's... this picture right here, how close yep. were you to the top? 
at this point, we're probably around 17,500 feet. And, wow. um, you know, this was like the darkest and coldest that we got and just out of my head. Um, mm. Once we got closer to 18,000 feet, it's probably about 430 in the morning. And I turned around and I could see just this sliver of light uh, on the horizon, right? It's just starting to glow. And you think like, all right, the sun's coming. And if, if I can just get to that. And, you know, every 20, 30 minutes, you turn around and it's just a little bit brighter. Um, the and then that's awesome. Yeah, it, it was, I mean, it was incredible. Once it was about 6.30 in the morning, we got just to the rim of the volcano and the sun had just broken up through the clouds and it was Look just- That, that looks like, like this, Mars. I was just going to say that. that like, that's, <laughs> that's not fun. even this planet. It was life-changing. This was a moment, wow. this was the big moment, you know, like this was something where, uh, I mean, the, the world had warmed up, warmed up 15 degrees, 20 degrees easily. Once the sun was out, you could see, you didn't need your headlamp anymore. And just this, this sunrise, this simple thing of a sunrise was just wow. uh, changed everything. And I felt like, I felt my brother-in-law. I really did. I felt like he was right there with me. And I felt this presence, this big, huge presence. Um, the Maasai people who live around the mountain, the Chaga people, they have a word for the top that means uh, the house of God, because they oh. think only God is allowed up there and only those that God deems worthy. And it was this moment of just like, man, I'm worthy. Like I'm worthy to be here, even though it was another 500 vertical feet and another half mile to go, which would take like another hour, like right here at this moment, I knew like, I'm, I'm going to make it. This is a done deal. I just have to finish it now. And I took this picture. I only half remember taking it, but it was there. It was on my camera when I got back. And, I'm and like, the picture probably doesn't even do it justice. What no. it looks like in real life. Like that, like that view is worth it. Like I was saying, it, yeah. it kind of sucks when you get to the top of the mountain. You're like, there's this Sears town mall. Wow. But the, <laughs> like, I mean, if Elon Musk saw that, he'd want to colonize that. It's right. <laughs> yeah, it, it was surreal, man. It was absolutely surreal. I've had this made into postcards. I've given away thousands of them. I have prints of it. Like I have a print hanging in my house that I just look at it and, and almost every day. And I'm just like, oh, I remember that. Like that. Now, are you looking back or is that, is that what you're looking forward to go to? That so we had just come up that way. That's east. So uh, the summit's behind us, and oh, this is yeah. this is just uh, watching the sunrise. And then wow. from there, it's just around the rim of the volcano. We see some of the glaciers that are still there. Um, that are going to be gone in like another 10 years. Um, and then finally, it's just this long straightaway and you see this little sign in the distance and all that's left is to just get to it and get your picture. That's Did you know that, that uh, Mike is going to be in a new metal band called Around the Rim of the Volcano? No, but I, <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like one of the shirts, one of the tour shirts. Oh boy. It just sounded, it sounded so good. I'm like, that's got to be a name of something or a drink. Like a drink at a Chinese restaurant around the rim of the volcano. Well, they have the they have the flaming volcano. Yes. You know, yeah, which is you know usually a, a drink for two, and I usually get two of those. That's um, oh, two pe oh, two people are supposed to drink that. Yeah, I know, right? I didn't know that either. It's like, why are you giving me two straws? This is stupid. Throw um, this one out. I'm getting hammered. Anyway, is that the top right there in this picture? Are you this is it. That is as high as you can go. Woo! That. Yeah, that's really cool. But at this point, like, honestly, it's, it, that's just the, like you played the game. That's just getting the trophy, right? That's all it is. Like the, yeah. and, and the other scary thing to realize when so you get right you, here, right? How like, are you, how, how are you feeling at the, I mean, you're all smiles and stuff, but how you can't are even you, feel his feet right now? Yeah. Like, how are you feeling physically <laughs> at that point? Cause what you've described so far, just, it just sounds like you just took a beating. And I know that you, you got adrenaline going and stuff and you, that amazing view inspires you and what you've accomplished, but 
at that point right there, like, you know, what, what, what's your physical status? I feel like a wet towel that's just been completely wrung out because like <laughs> I, I cried, but I don't know why I didn't like, <laughs> I, I laughed like, and I was just like, this like, <laughs> like everything, everything's just leaking. Jeez. And uh, <laughs> everything, I don't know. It was cold. <laughs> so uh, uh, I wonder why we we're go. so angry in Boston. That's us all, all winter. We're just, I don't know why I'm so upset. Oh, <laughs> that's pretty much it. So yeah, it's only the there 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Is it? If you made it to the top and didn't take that picture, can you might, oh fuck, we gotta go back up. I forgot, forgot to take the picture. picture. <laughs> I know, right? It's like yeah. Oh my we god. <laughs> it's still I, so I left my camera up there, you guys. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I oh, key. it's in the car. Anybody have a helicopter? <laughs> there was a moment though where you realize <laughs> right here, right at this spot at the summit, you realize, oh shit, this is the halfway point. And I gotta oh. go back down. Oh. This is halfway. I you always get... forget going back down is the hardest part too, because you're just trying to. It's controlled falling. That's right. <laughs> Way harder. And there's a the lot muscles hurt there. twice as bad going down. Yeah. No. Right. So up is just muscle. If you get tired, just rest. Just wait. Yeah. But coming down is impact on your ankles, on your knees. Oh, you're yeah. tired, and 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 you're wobbly, and like that's where you get hurt. I don't. You don't get hurt going up unless you fall fall somewhere. But like if, if coming down, that's when I always you know worry about it. And then how many people did you pass on the way down ask you how much further to the top? <laughs> we were the last group that day. So, uh, you know, we were the last last up and, and the last down. So we didn't pass anybody. But we, a couple people passed us on their way back down. And they're like, you're almost there. And we're like, shut up. <laughs> 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 Whatever. You're doing great. <laughs> wow. I'm going to make it. Yeah, but it was a cool. It was just what an experience, though, to just realize that, you know, uh, how simple life got you know what i mean like when you right. when when you, you realize like you just you have what you need in your backpack you got some water you got some snacks your rain gear i had pictures of my family of chris my brother-in-law and uh and you have what you need and and life just got so simple and broken down and there's this accomplishment that i got to keep that i get to keep and take with me forever you know that that no matter what happens i still get to keep that thing yeah. and that's that's really special that's really cool. And it's really cool. I mean, when you were up at the top, there's a reason you cried. You were, some, you were thinking about Chris. You absolutely were like, sure. you know, like when you saw that, that moment, it's like, ah, he's here with me. And then you get to the top or you started crying because you're like, shit, now we do have to go back down. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was all those added together. It just comes out of everything. Everything. Yeah. And you're like, it's coming out of every hole. In <laughs> that was pretty much it. It was just this emotional thing. And, and, you know, we, we get, we get down to the, the last camp. Um, and, and it was, uh, you know, you know, that night it had snowed. So the mountain was all white in the morning. Like we could see it from our last camp. And then we get back down to the, our hotel. Uh, it was about like early in the afternoon, the, the following day. And, you know, you shower for the first time in like oh, eight days. That's awesome. Scrub yeah. that stuff off. And 12 hour shower. <laughs> yeah. So the beers though, beers in, in the hotel were the 20 ounce bomber bottles and they were Kilimanjaro beer. And they were a dollar, one US dollar each. And so, you I'll know, five. Yeah, I'm like, here's a twenty dollar bill. How many does that get me? And I think I, I lost count around thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I'd be drinking big time. Yeah. There was that's a lot a of drinking. Huge that celebration. That's a yeah, huge that's, celebration. Yeah, and good reason. That's amazing. Well, um, the book the book has tons of pictures, like the pictures you showed us, 
And there's a ton of pictures in the book. It's the Call of Kilimanjaro and uh, very different work from Jeff Belanger, who's usually investigating uh, the paranormal or finding, you know, dead bodies somewhere or, you know, whatever. But this is completely different experience from him. This is, and it's a very personal story. This is just an adventure story. This is about like stripping it all down, like you said. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's a funny thing, you know, writing, I've never written a memoir, this is my first. And so I feel like you just got to be and it's so easy to get like pretentious or like make yourself into some hero. And I, I'm neither, you know, like, it's just just a guy that did a thing. And, um, and that was sort of the point. But also, um, I realizing like in the middle of our lives that need to still sort of shake it up. And, yep. and you know, um, Mike and I were talking about how like, we're not going to play major league baseball at this. We're not going to enter the league at this age. Right. We're not going to enter yeah. the NFL. Right. Yeah. Wait, wait, opening day for the Red Sox is coming it's, up. You're not going to be on the mound, it's Mike. Too, it's too late for me. It's too I'm, late. I got a bad shoulder. For but there's, days. there's some people yeah. that are, that are middle-aged that still haven't let go of that. dream. <laughs> well, did you see the rookie with Dennis Quaid? Yeah. Yes, I did. Yes. Right? I saw that, but the rest of them are just calling into sports talk radio. So well, Paul, Paul right? was playing for the Johnstown chiefs. He was old. Come on. Okay. There's one or two. Let's be serious. And they're movies. <laughs> These these four guys here, we ain't getting into the NFL or the NHL or the oh. MLB or any. I'll, I'll watch the shit out of it. I'm just not going to yeah. suit up. Right. I'm still holding out to be the emergency backup goalie one of these times. So, you, know. you never know. <laughs> hey, our buddy Andrew Raycroft is still in that position. And I'm going to lock him in a closet so they have to ask me. But we can all we can all climb a mountain. We can. Maybe. Oh, totally can. Yeah. No, Listen, I, I, I thought I thought I was a superstar because I've I've done Mount Washington a couple of times and you literally at the beginning of this said you ran up and I'm like, I'm such a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> it took me six days to go up Mount. You're like, I'm just getting worked up for Kilimanjaro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did you did Mount Washington? Yeah, I did I did it a bunch as a kid and I did it uh once in my twenties and it was just it was it was it's a cool experience. Now did really, you do that in the Audi or the Mini Cooper? Yeah, no, I took a van. <laughs> the cog, the cog rail. That's yeah, right. no, it's, it, it was cool. And like, that's why I mentioned Shakora. We used to go up to Shakora. And, and again, it was just really, really cool. Nothing, nothing like this. But, you know, there's that there's it that moment cool. of accomplishment when you get there and you're like, God damn, I'm way up here. Yeah. So Mount Washington is, is a bummer because like, you know, when you go up Shakora, right, like you, you get up there and you get to see sites that you don't get to see any other way unless you've got your butt up there. Right. Mount Washington, it, when you pull yourself up the last bit, <laughs> And a BMW drives by and a woman right. in a mini skirt and high heels gets yeah. out. I'm at the and top. You're like, they're putting the sticker, this car climbed Mount yeah. Washington. And yeah. you're like, <gasps> we, we had that experience when I was really young at, at uh, Mount Wachusett. And so my father was, was a big time hiker. So we climbed Mount Wachusett. My mother is just miserable. She's, just, <laughs> she's had it. We get to the top and she had no idea you could drive. There's a parking oh. lot at the top. She had no idea you could drive. We get to the top. There's cars up there. She said, we could have driven up here. <laughs> Oh my God. And she, it was nonstop all the way down, all the way down the mountain. I thought it was, I thought it was just going to be divorced by the time we got back to the parking lot. That would also be a good book. Yeah, right. Great book. Yeah. You literally, that, that book should be called, we could have blank and driven this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, Jeff, you gotta I, I, the, you're, this is your 16th book, right? Yeah. Okay. So here's a, a question. I, have for you i've always wanted to ask somebody like a, an accomplished author like yourself you've written 16 books that takes a lot of dedication to sit down and like make yourself write a book i'm sure there's times like you're zoned out but like for 
what I do, I try and do a lot of writing and you're a married guy. How do you, do you go somewhere else or like, how do you sit down and write a book without, can you um, run to target and get the, and then you get distracted with going to target and then you come back home and then it's just like nine hours have gone by and you forgot to write. So Josh, my writing advice to you is going to be eerily similar to parenting advice. You're about to have a baby, right? Yeah. So I'm guessing the writing is going to to do self. Just wait, just wait. (laughs) So when you have a newborn, like there's two ways to go. Keep the place perfectly silent when they're sleeping or just run the vacuum, keep the TV on, get, get the kitchen noise and all that other stuff. And it will be normal for your child and your child will sleep just fine. If you make silence normal, then it's going to need silence. And so uh, realistically, the world we live in, your phone rings, you get text messages, you have to run to target. So like you have to learn to write in that environment because, you know, the Earl Grey tea and the cabin in the woods, like no one lives there. That's not the world I live in. <laughs> right. Like, I, so I got to squeeze it in. Right. There's and, and I've got I mean, I'm working for Ghost Adventures, like those deadlines call because I got to pay my bills, you know, and so. Yeah. Uh, it's just like making time to exercise, making time for yourself, making time. I'm just to so write. bad at squeezing things in. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, you, how do right. people do it? Like the other people have wives and kids and like other things during the day. And I'm like, I can't, how do they make time? Like I just, maybe I just, my ADD is so bad that I you don't just know. have to I force it. it. All right. On your way to Target, you should do some, do, do, yeah, do some writing on the way to Target. You should do you should Bring get a you should... in the car on the way to target and just type on the passenger seat while you're driving the woman who wrote harry potter right she wrote it in a coffee house while she was like waiting for her kids at school and stuff right i mean yeah. a busy coffee house where people are coming and going and placing orders like that just became her environment and uh you know jk rowling and, and that book did all right yeah, yeah. All the made a movie or two Couple. I, think they, I think they did all right so yeah. you got to go to uh you got to go to jeffbelandrew.com you can not only see uh, all the stuff he does with the various shows and all the books he's written but this main one here now the call of kilimanjaro finding hope above the clouds this is really cool man this is different than the scary christmas shit we did yeah. before this is, this is great stuff i know thank you guys for having me back i really appreciate it thanks it's, for uh, coming on no I, I mean i get this is charity work because you're like ooh, tell us weird creepy stories and i'm like oh come on uh, no this is now amazing. i owe you this, i owe you some creepy no, stories no 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 this no, is this, this is, is amazing this, this is, is really really story. cool it's real it's so, not, not that ghosts aren't real you know i'm just saying this is a little more concrete i mean this is very totally tangible yeah all right. Well, thanks a lot, Jeff. We appreciate Thank you, it. Guys. Thank you thanks so much. For being on. Go Best pick up luck, the buddy. book.